Welcome to the West Chiropractic Podcast. I'm Dr. Jeremy Andrews, chiropractor at West Chiropractic. So this week sees something a little different. We usually hold a monthly coffee conference at Taylor's across the road near West Byfleet Station. The coffee there is absolutely brilliant. So we usually have between 15 and 20 people come for a webinar which lasts between 30 and 45 minutes, have some coffees and we talk about certain conditions that we manage in the clinic one of them being knee pain, which is the one we're going to hear today. We also do one on sciatica, back pain, arthritic conditions, and the best ways to naturally manage these and some of the secrets um, behind knee pain management we'll, t- we'll cover today. It's a little bit longer than the normal podcasts, but we'll give you some really, really good information on some of the hidden secrets behind why knee pain actually happens. Also, some of the things that you should be doing straight away to help with knee pain. Some of the things you shouldn't be doing, the biggest mistake with knee pain, and then some actionable steps that you can put into place after listening to this podcast. If you want to see the YouTube, head over to our YouTube channel. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you know anybody suffering with knee pain, please share this podcast with them. There's some really valuable information in there. I'm not coming to you with all the answers, but I do have some stuff that works on a global scale. And hopefully this will help some of your friends or yourself if you're suffering with knee pain. Thanks a lot. Um, before we get going, I uh, obviously want to thank you guys all for being here, um, especially in uh, such a strange time. I know you've all got things to do this evening, so I'll try and keep this as brief as possible. Um, usually we, we go on for about three hours, so this one's going to be about two and a half hours this evening. No longer, I promise. No, I'm joking, don't worry. Should be longer than uh, 30 minutes of content, and if we've got any questions at the end, we can do that. Um, this is going to be recorded as well, so if anything kind of drops out through internet connection, don't worry, we'll, I'll send it to you afterwards as well. And all the exercises will be available afterwards, the ones that will go through. Um, so by, by in the talk, the, the, the main focus point is going to be the number one mistake that people are making when it comes to knee pain management. How to get out of pain quickly, naturally, and effectively without taking painkillers. The three main causes that I see most of the time with knee pain. Uh, the top secret that I use when it comes to knee pain management. And then obviously an alternative and a safe option to treating long-term knee pain. I don't have all the answers, unfortunately. Um, I wish I did. Um, I wish I could let you in on all the secrets to managing knee pain. Uh, There is no one size fits all, as you all know. It's different for everybody with knees, with backs, with necks, with headaches. Everyone can present the same way clinically. They can have the same scans, the same tests, and will all react differently to different stimuli. So it's super, super important to take some of these points find what works best for you. I'm going to say some stuff you already know. I'm going to say some stuff that you think is rubbish and hasn't worked for you. And I'm hopefully going to say some stuff that is going to be really valuable for you. That's going to help to alleviate some of the knee pain. So you can get back to doing some of the things that you love, like long walking or simple things like being able to bend over in the mornings, being able to pick things up that are hopefully going to provide a lot of value. Um, for those of you who just joined, if you want to jump in on the question, just type them in the chat. If you have any questions during, hopefully there's none so far, but uh, you, you never know. Um, but yeah, it is an interactive talk. So if you want to, usually we do this at Taylor's Coffee Shop over the road by the station. And um, essentially you can, you know, we, we go through the exercise together. I'm pretty mean. I pick on somebody from the crowd and make sure that they, they come up and do the exercise. I've been thinking all day about how I can get somebody uh, to do an exercise, but I won't be that mean. You guys can, you can sit back, you can enjoy your wine. Uh, usually I buy coffee as well, so I'm sorry. Um, I owe you all your coffee the next time you come into the clinic, um, or you grab me in Taylor's. So I'm always in there, so that's fine. All right, so let me just um, share my screen here. Uh, 
Okay, so everyone see the screen okay? Yeah. All right, perfect. Can you hear us? I can hear, I can hear you, Shreen. Yeah, I've muted everybody yeah. because of some background noise. Yeah, but if you can unmute yourselves if you want, if you want to have a chat, but yeah. No. All right, so let's talk about knee pain. So let's get into some numbers first. Sorry to bore you with numbers to start off with, but it's a really good, accurate way of actually realizing exactly what's going on with the knee pain. So let me give you an example. Knee pain um, rates have tripled in men and women over the last 30 years with up to 25% of people over the age of 18 in the UK suffering with knee pain at some point in their lives. In terms of knee replacements, they've almost doubled in males and females over the age of 50 in the UK. In the US, rates have increased eightfold in terms of total knee replacements. Now, make what you will out of those statistics. The last one, um, uh, I think that just says a bit about kind of American healthcare systems. Um, in that you know that's fantastic, and then they are getting those those new replacements. But is it the fact that they're they're not using everything they can in their in their power to make sure that they're doing as much as they can before that knee replacements or total knee replacements should always be a last resort, in my opinion. Um, so why is it becoming more prevalent? So knee pain is becoming more prevalent due to the way that we live our lives as human beings. It's drastically changed over the the last ten years, let alone the last hundred years. Obesity is becoming more prevalent. More load through the knee is going to cause more wear, more degeneration around those areas. We are living longer. Our joints were not designed for us to live over 100 years old doing the things that we do. That's not to say that we can't adapt to make sure that they do, but the current way that we live our lives means that a lot of people will suffer with a sort of joint issue. And because we are generally more mobile, the knee pain is a, essentially like a hinge joint in between two fundamental portions of your body, the pelvis, our back, and obviously our feet and ankle mobility as well. So important. So it takes up a lot of strain, particularly when there's any issues with that. Um, so change in body use, um, sitting for too long. We all sit for too long. Um, you may have seen some of our posts on social media recently, like Facebook, Instagram, about how to get people moving. A lot of people work at offices. A lot of people use iPhones, these things here iPads, the way that we um, are conditioned now, especially over the last 20 years, has been much more sedentary than previously. Um, sorry. So, how do we do it? How do we get rid of knee pain? Well, the general pattern that I see is people will often come to a chiropractor, usually because of some sort of back issue. Back pain, hip issue, pelvic issue, neck pain, are generally the things, and sciatica, generally the things that we see. When we get into it and we get to the exam, people will often tell me, oh, I've got a knee issue as well. Can you have a look at that? No, I'm not doing it. No, of course. <laughs> you say, of course. Let's have a look at the knee, see what's going on here. What have you tried already? Well, I've tried painkillers, um, paracetamol, ibuprofen. If it's really bad, I take something stronger like an aproxin or procodamol. Um, with, with that being said, the painkillers work to numb the pain. They don't solve a knee issue. People will then seek professional advice, usually from a GP, who often will refer for a course of physiotherapy. Physiotherapy is fantastic. It's great. Exercises are prescribed. The exercises get done for three to four weeks. And then generally, most of the people who are doing Physiotherapy exercises will drop off in the first three to four weeks. That's a stat, I think, coming out of NICE guidelines. 85% of people 
will drop off after the first three weeks. Pain comes back, the condition then worsens over time and we go back to the GP and then the last resort is always surgery, as I said. So I just want to add that surgery, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I just think there's a lot that can be done to prevent it. Um, I've seen people who have had really, really bad knees, so much so walking around with crutches um, in a lot, a lot of pain. And surgery is something that can essentially get a lot of their, their life back, their mobility back, their independence back. But I think there's a time and a place. And I think there needs to be specific uh, plan in place afterwards to make sure that recovery from surgery is as optimal as possible to make, the, make sure there's no other compensations through the body. So this is a knee. Um, now, this is, uh, this is my bread and butter. For those of you who don't know, I did an anatomy degree before, before coming to um, chiropractic. So I love this kind of stuff. So forgive me if it's a bit gross. Um, but this is the, the knee from the front on portion. This is a right knee. So looking at somebody from the front on here. So if we go into the bony aspect first, let's strip it all back. This is the, the femur here. Sorry, this is a bit blurry, crap image. Um, but this is coming down onto the knee joint. You have the patella, which is often referred to the kneecap. And this white bit here, this is the cartilage. And then this is the top portion of the, the lower leg. So often referred to as the tibia. And then you've got this bony bit on the outside of your leg called the fibula. Now, the, the main portions we want to look at here are the meniscus. So you can see these nice white cartilage pads. These are going to be the source of most people's knee issues. When you've had a knee issue for a long time, that's usually where the source is coming from. So we'll get into more of that uh, in a second as well about how that happens. These things here, you see these little white bands in a cross, cross, cruciate. These are the cruciate ligaments. So these are the ones you may have heard about with football players. Uh, ACL is often the most common one to be damaged in a professional athlete's um, knee. Twisting sports like football, netball, basketball, uh, very, very common to, to happen, particularly when there's a, there's a weak knee. Uh, they take, take up to nine months to heal. Uh, not necessarily that painful but there has to be stability through the knee they provide a lot of stability in terms of the the forward and back movement if we look on the outside there's two big strap ligaments here these are called the collateral ligaments when someone really damages their knee we call it the triad so it's the three that go you have the anterior cruciate ligament the medial ligament and then you have this collateral ligament here they're all blown out uh very long repair they're looking for a year out so here we're talking about kind of professional sports people. So what I was focusing on is mainly this meniscus and how this meniscus gets damaged over time. And we'll get into more of that as well. It's something called osteoarthritis or wear tear degeneration. Okay. The knee, it takes up a lot of force. You've got four huge muscles called the quadriceps on the front of your thigh. They come down from the pelvis. And these are muscles that will essentially transmit force through the knee into the leg to cause the leg to straighten. And you've also got on the back the hamstrings, which again are three big muscles that will cause the ankle to go up to the bum. So they cause what's called flexion of the knee. So there's a lot of force going through the knee. So you need to make sure that it's in the right position. Just got someone coming in here. Perfect. Hey, Julie, welcome. And essentially the force needs to go through this patella, this kneecap, to transmit into the lower leg as optimally as possible. If you can see, if the kneecap moves even like a couple of millimeters either way, the force is not going to evenly go through there. And that's when we start to get more stress going through the meniscus. The medial meniscus or the inside of the knee is the one that usually takes up most of the stress. Okay. Um, 
so this is so so important that we get this right in terms of the actual the force transmission about when we try to rehab a knee and to find out exactly which way that kneecap is going or exactly which one of the meniscus is going so most of the exercises i'll show you will be around how we can actually open this joint and take stress off and causing um straight transfer through the knee in the, in the patella okay so <clears throat> osteoarthritis let's get into this as well let me talk to you about this so osteoarthritis, wear, tear, degeneration, um, a lot of people will get a kind of dismissal from their doctors and their, and their GPs saying, oh, it's just wear, tear, you, you don't worry about that, it's absolutely fine. Um, you know, just there's nothing you do about it, go away. And to a certain extent, that's true. Um, you're never going to get back what you've lost. The key with osteoarthritis is to prevent the further loss of any cartilage or any bone damage going forwards, building stability around that joint. The shoulder joint, the hip joint, the knee joint, the base of the thumb joint are some of the most uh, common areas to have any sort of osteoarthritis. So if you want me to talk more about those, we do some more webinars on uh, hip pain and uh, general osteoarthritis as well. But today we're just going to focus on the knee. So here, this gives you a more broad view of the lower limb. The hips, they're supposed to be like this, they're supposed to be at an angle. Now, can you see, this is just a nice example that if anything is at a further angle, so if this hip, for example, is rotating around here, if the hip then moves out to the side and starts to put more force coming down on this inside, well, if you imagine this meniscus here, that's going to start taking up more stress just from the generation of the force. And if we're doing our 10,000 steps a day, which I know you all are, if not more, then that's going to take up a lot of force on the inside of that knee. That meniscus is not that hard. It's not like a bone where you've got like a really nice strong bone. It's only a soft pad. So the more and more wear you get, you're going to get nicks and nags in the knee. And what the most common symptom is the start of the degenerated knee is kind of locking up when going upstairs. Sharp shooting pain on the inside of the knee when uh, like going downstairs or after long walks or getting up from the sofa. That's the beginning of a degenerated knee. So that's when we really want to be looking at, okay, what's going on? How's this person functioning? Why is this happening? Let's look at it from a more broader perspective. Because a lot of the time, when we focus in on just on the knee and think, okay, well, let's just do a bit of work around that knee there. Let's reduce some of the soft tissue inflammation and let's prescribe an exercise to, you know, maybe strengthen the quads or, or stretch the quads out. Yeah, it's going to help a, you know, a lot of the time, but the problem's going to keep coming back because you start to feel better, go out walking or, you know, fly up and down the stairs with things. And the problem keeps coming back. So we've got to get to the root cause of the issue. It's the same with everything with our bodies. We have to find out the root cause. Otherwise, we're never going to get full resolution. Another popular topic is to look at the actual ankle joint. Now, we've all heard about the arches in the foot. So there's a nice arch in the foot here. And um, you may have heard of something called overpronation, which is the most common type of foot abnormality to have. That's where the arch starts to drop. It gets very weak. The foot gets flat. And then the knee starts to roll in. And again, we're going to get more pressure going through that medial meniscus on the inside here. That's going to start to wear out a lot more when the arch is not proper. So we look at both of those joints, hip, low back stability, arch stability when somebody is walking. It's really, really important to do that as well. Let me show you this. You guys see the video okay? Anybody can't, just let me know. All okay so far? Just do a thumbs up for me. <laughs> it's good thank you so much all right so this works <clears throat> all right so this is a gait evaluation when i say gait i mean walking 
So this person is walking here and uh, I think they've drawn something on her knees. So don't worry too much about that, just to see where her patella is moving. So she's walking nicely. You can see, we look at the hip to the knee transmission. We look from the behind at her buttocks, make sure her hips aren't swaying too much. The arm swing is good. Really, she should be in um, barefoot so we can see her arches. But what this will just have to do. So all fine, that's a normal gait. Now let's get into this one. So she's exaggerating. This is a knocked knee. So this is the one I was talking about where the hip starts to increase in the angle coming down through the knee. She's walking normally there. She's gonna do it again. And if you see the foot, look at the inside of her foot, the foot rolls over. So those two things, when you get low back instability, causing the hip to come in, will cause increased medial wear on the knee, causing that meniscus to wear out. And then this is the other one. This is the, yeah, <laughs> this is the gangster walk or the bow leg walk. So you can see here, she's walking normally on the way back, but the legs coming out to the side. This is less common. And usually only occurs in one side. Don't tend to get it in both sides, but that's gonna wear out more on the outside, but cause more stress on the, what's called the collateral ligament on the inside of the knee. All right. So those are the most two types of gait that we see. Um, so, how do we how do we get out of pain? So let me just dispel one of the well, two big myths and two kind of uh, things that have changed, particularly over the last decade. So one of them is I've got a problem. It's muscle or joint related. I need to fix it. Just go and lie in bed for a week, and you'll be fine. This is what we used to do. This is, uh, we, we have some clients come in and say, oh yeah, in the 70s and 80s, I was laid up in bed for like two weeks. It was because it's the advice. This is what the research is suggesting. But now we know that's not the right thing to do. Purely because everything is just going to get really, really stiff, really, really sticky in those areas. And it's just going to bunch everything up. We need to get fluid. You need to get blood, vitamins, oxygen, minerals around the body. So the last thing you want to do when you've got a bad knee is to actually move it. Now, there's two there's a distinction here. You don't want to wait. You don't want to wait bear on the knee. So things like uh, we'll get into them, but things like swimming, low load exercises, definitely no running, definitely no walking, because those things are going to put a lot of pressure through the knee, and you want to try and avoid those as much as you can until you're starting to get some of the inflammation under control, and then you can start moving a lot better. Okay. Ice v heat is the second one. So when you have uh, a recently injured knee so maybe something is fallen over you twisted uh always always ice always always ice because there's going to be inflammation there we want to try and dampen that down not too quickly but we want to dampen it down heat is appropriate at times when there's a chronic issue an arthritic issue that's been going on for a long time because it will stimulate some of the blood flow to that area it will bring some valuable uh nutrients and vitamins to nourish that that cartilage the meniscus it's going to help I would always put an ice pack on afterwards. Okay, so short-term injuries, short-term sprains, strains, usually sports injuries, ice. Longer-term chronic things going on for at least six months, nine months, even nine years, ten years. I've had people with knee pain for forty years. Always a bit of heat followed by a bit of ice is one of the best things. Braces. So you can see these knee braces here, the Terminator arms, I like to call them usually with a hole in the front for the kneecap to sit through. 
the one on the left is really basic the one on the, the right essentially it looks more technical but just adds an extra layer of stability with an extra strap so you're just taking more pressure off the quadriceps and allowing more force to transmit through a greater surface area so it's just don't ask me to get into physics i was awful but it's just transmitting load over a larger surface area so the uh, this would be someone with a, with a more significant injury. Okay, so someone maybe recovering from an ACL operation or um, like a meniscus, a, a severe meniscus tear, maybe from skiing. For someone that's had an injury that's kind of come over a long period of time, like more of a wear, tear, arthritic injury, I would suggest like a really thin knee brace. Now, the knee brace is, it should be worn when going through periods of stress, like a long walk, like having to move house or lifting something that you just can't get out of. It shouldn't be used the whole time. Same as a back brace. The reason being it will switch off the muscles that stabilize the knee and make them redundant. They will become weaker when it beca you become too reliant on the brace. Essentially the brace you think, Oh, I have to do this with brace. I do. Um, I go to a gym. It's a, a CrossFit gym. I don't know if you guys know about CrossFit, but um, there's a lot of leg based stuff in it, a lot of, um, uh, some weightlifting aspect as well. A lot of people put on knee braces. There's also a lot of body weight stuff. So just uh, air squats, so very simple air squats, just using your body weight. They become so reliant on the knee braces when they're doing their weightlifting that they feel that they have to use them, particularly when doing the air squats. Otherwise they're going to feel, uh, that the muscles don't switch on properly, whether or not that's a psychological thing as well. Um, it's really important that we don't become too reliant on these, on these knee braces. Okay, so super important. Um, so stretching, stretching is really important. The main thing is the quadricep because that's the one that comes down the front of the leg and goes into the, the kneecap. Um, I'll run through some of those as well. And then let me get into some of the exercises as well. Just before I do that, painkillers, um, time and a place. Paracetamol, ibuprofen. No ibuprofen at the moment though. Um, there's a contraindication with COVID-19. So make sure you're not taking any ibuprofen. The reason being it has an inflammatory effect on the lungs. So if, um, if you are, you know, even if you're not a high risk um, category, it's, it's important to avoid any anti-inflammatories. Okay, so um, those are the NSAIDs, NSAID group. <coughs> um, so time and place for, for pain, pain relief is similar to the brace. If you're really, really struggling, if you want to get some movement back in the knee, uh, if you need to sleep, um, then it's, it, it's, it's your own discretion, it's your own choice. Um, I'm not going to tell anyone not to do it. If you are going to take it, always take it with food. There's natural anti-inflammatories out there, including ginger turmeric. If you don't want to take big lumps of ginger or big lumps of turmeric in a, in a smoothie or a tea, then you can obviously get a supplement version, which is really good. Um, there is a good website, cytoplan.com. Um, is a great starting point for supplement users. It's, um, I'll put it in the show notes as well afterwards, but it's, it's a nice place to start. And there's also omega-3. So uh, omega-3 is a really nice natural anti-inflammatory as well. It works on a COX pathway, which is similar to a kind of a neurofen or an ibuprofen um, without having the stomach effect. So a lot of people will take an ibuprofen and have an upset stomach because it has an effect on the lining. The omega-3 does a similar thing without having the knock-on effect of the stomach. So again, omega-3 we found in already fishes, some nuts, well, you already fish, salmon, mackerel, sardines. Again, supplement. If you don't want to take that, if you don't like fish like that, supplement will do a job. Not as good as a nice healthy food, um, but it will still do a job and it's more uh, 
easily accessible, I guess, um, you know, in terms of storage and you can just have some in the kitchen. All right, so let me get into some of the exercises that we do here. So use this funny looking chat. So this is me lying on a foam roller. Uh, if you can't find a foam roller, you can use a rolling pin with a towel on it. That is throwing in a little bit of deep end because it is quite painful, but uh, you can find them on Amazon for like 10 pounds. Um, there's two types of foam roller. There is, sorry, I'm just gonna pause this. There's this one here, I don't know. When, when you see it, you know what I mean. It's a, it's a hard foam roller with nodules in it. So it's, it is a bit sore. If you've, if you've got kind of problems with the knee already, then I would probably start with just the normal, there's a, they're usually blue in color. It's actual foam, it's, it's dense foam. Oh, you can actually see one in the background there. There's a blue one there. And uh, it's a nice starting point. They're about 10 pounds on Amazon. Um, and they're, they're really good for, you can use them on the side, but you can also use them on the back as well, which is really helpful. So this is a, um, an exercise for the outer portion of the knee. So let me just go back a couple of slides. I just, um, just wanna show you what I mean. Uh, okay, so when we have a knee issue or a knee alignment issue, what will often happen is coming from the, uh, either the hip in the back or the outer, the inner uh, arch here. The knee will often drop in the outside of the leg tightens up, the inside of the leg becomes very weak. So what will happen is a pendulum swing to the outer portion of the leg. So I'll say that again. The outside of the leg becomes very tight, the inside of the leg becomes very weak. So the kneecap starts to swing out to the side as the hip comes in on that inside there is generally one of the most common patterns we see. So. The goal, loosen the outside, strengthen the inside. Say that again. Loosen the outside, strengthen the inside. So let me show you how we do that. <clears throat> so first one, loosening the outside. Should have some sort of um, easier way to say that, like a little um, a remembering rhyme. So the front foot plants on the floor, that's my top leg there. And you wanna roll up and down it on the outside. Guys, I'm not gonna to lie to you uh, and say this is really nice, it's not. It is painful, especially if you have a knee issue. I used to do a lot of cycling and um, long distance running. So I used to have very, very um, tight, they're called ITBs, very tight outsides, I'll play that again. Um, so you wanna roll up and down. Don't go over the bones, cause it's gonna hurt. Go down just above the knee and go all the way up just to below where you feel the hip joint. You can use your arms for leverage and you use that top leg to push you up and down. Nice and easy. How many should you do? <clears throat> you should probably go five times. One rep will be up and down. If you can't do that, start off with one. If you're finding an area that is, I like to call it sticky or painful, hover over it move the roller back and forwards. It's called a trigger point or a knot. Some people call them knots in their shoulders. They're just areas of hyper um, uh, tight muscle, like bands of muscles that are balled up. So hover over them. Very useful. Okay. That's a foam roller, loosening the outside. Uh, then the next one. So <clears throat> let me show you the... This one. How do we strengthen the inside, eh? 
And sorry. Okay. Everyone still see my screen okay? The thumbs up. Hey Julie, nice to see you. Shereen's got a foam roller. <laughs> All right, so strength in the inside. Sorry for the socks. Our little cyclists. So let me skip this one for you. Okay, so the knee we want to work is the right one. Okay, I'll just pause this. So the knee we want to work is the right one. I'll repeat that. <clears throat> so hug the left knee into your chest. If you can't do this just sitting on the floor because you're getting low back pain or instability through there, do it on a chair. You then don't have to hug the knee into the chest. You can just do it sitting on the chair. So you want to turn the right leg out. Keep it straight. Turn it out to the side. You'll see the inside of the leg, the muscle on the inside of the leg, that will, that will tense up. That's the one you want to strengthen. It's called the VMO, the VMO. So I'm, I'm throwing a lot of phrases at you, but I'll write these all down as well. You don't really need to remember them. Just need to remember that we need to strengthen the inside. And very slowly, lifting up. So you're strengthening this inside here, keeping the foot turned out. <clears throat> this is called a Muncie knee raise. I guess it was a guy called Muncie in the end, but it's genius because it just is a, such a simple exercise to do. Let's go back again, let's show again. Um, and with this one, again, just five to 10 reps. You're trying to condition that muscle, so it's strengthening. We're not trying to do any more. Five to 10 should be fine. If you can't do five, do one. Next day, try and do two. Next day, try and do three. It might even take a week, it might even take longer than that. If you've had a knee issue going on for a long time, you've got to remember this isn't going to happen overnight. You have to be patient with these because you're going to be walking around them all day. They don't get much rest, right? Okay, perfect. Let me show you. Okay, so those are the knee ones. Now, we all, I want to talk to you about how we strengthen the core as well. So this is really important. The reason being the core is, um, is essentially where a lot of the problem is going to come from. So if the core is strong, the core is tight and in a good position. When we're walking, when we're sitting, when we're getting up, the core will take a lot of stress off the knee. The knee wasn't designed to essentially take up all the weight of the body. Um, as um, It's just there as a kind of force transferring area. It's a hinge joint. It's not like a... It's not supposed to move like all the weight from the hips and the buttocks and the shoulders. It's literally there to put it into the lower leg and allow you to walk properly. So this is a really nice one here as well. Um, let me show you this. This is a cool, it's called a bird dog. Some of you may, do, may know it. I'm sure Shireen teaches this in her yoga classes. There you go, Shireen, shameless plug. Shen Yoga, look her up. It's great yoga. <coughs> so, the bird dog. <laughs> now, this is the question I always get asked. Why are you getting me to do a knee exercise on my knees? Doesn't seem logical. So if that's the case, in the bed is going to be the first place to start. If you can do it on the carpet, that's great. 
you can't do it on the carpet, try and put some cushions under. If you can't do it on the bed, then we'll do the reverse, which I'll, I'll put in the videos. I haven't got this on here, but I'll put that in the videos when I send them out to you guys. It's called a dead bug. It, it provides a lot of stability as well to the core. So this one, um, shoulder stacked over the, the wrists, hips straight as well. Let me just pause that there, sorry. Um, and you're gonna make sure you're tensing the core. So what I mean by tensing the core is sucking the tummy button into your lower back. So really sucking back up and then squeezing your bum. So the bum is a really good force transfer or load transfer for the <coughs> knees as well. And you're gonna work opposite arm to opposite leg. What I would do is actually just start by just doing the leg. So just do leg to start with on the left side, do five repetitions, and then do leg on the right side, five repetitions. And then do the arms. So just do arms, get used to that feeling, get used to how the, uh, there's a thing called fascia in the body. The fascia is everything that links the muscles together. So the muscles are joined up, they have this lovely interconnected network that means that everything can move around. So get used to that, it's like a spider web. Get used to how it's moving, get used to that neural network, get your everything switched on, get everything turned on. And then you can start to build in the, the other bits because it's a complex movement. I'm kind of throwing you in the deep end here a little bit, but don't worry, I can talk you through it. So right arm, left leg, right arm, left leg. I'm doing a little bit too fast here. So nice and slow, really trying to keep, the main thing is you want to keep those hips nice and stable <clears throat> and not rocking around the whole time. If you're finding yourself rocking the whole, rocking around the whole time, go back to just legs. Keep the hips nice and flat. Squeeze the bum, hold the tummy in. Suck that tummy, bunny, uh, tummy button back into your lower back. Again, five on both sides. If you find you can do more, you can always try more. But less, it's all about quality rather than quantity. bird dog it's a good one okay next one uh, yeah side plank so <clears throat> i'm sure many of you done a plank the plank will provide a lot of um strength and activation to the front portion of the core so around the tummy muscles <clears throat> which is good for pelvic floor stability it's great for lower back stability fantastic um but and it's going to help with the knees but it's not going to provide the best bang for your buck a side plank, on the other hand, will blend in with everything going down the side and wrap around the knee as well. So it'll give you a lot more strength and stability in that area um, with the core, particularly if you're bending, if you're side bending, if you're twisting. So if you are playing sports, if you are kind of walking, you need to suddenly turn and twist. This gives you a lot more activation in those areas, makes you feel a lot more secure. Sorry, I'll skip through this. This guy talks too much. Okay, so really simple. On the side, to start with, doesn't look like I'm doing anything. I'm lazy, I'm not really doing anything. Let me just uh, move this off. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so uh, weight through the elbow. Make sure the shoulder is stacked over the elbow. If you've got any shoulder issues, let me know. Um, send me an email afterwards and I can modify this for you. Um, foot in line here so just slightly over the front one and all you're going to do is essentially just lift up you see this left area here this is the area you want to feel it and you're thinking why is he telling me to do that when i've got a knee problem i promise you the research suggests that strengthening these muscles here they're called the oblique muscles provides a lot of stability to the lower limbs so any hip issues um, knee issues ankle issues if you can get lateral stability it's called lateral outside stability it will help a lot with any torsional movements. If you sometimes watch some people walk down the street, 
If you watch anybody on high heels, you'll see them all over the place. They're walking, they're bum shifting out, they're putting a lot of stress through the lower back and obviously through the knees and the ankles. If we can keep everything in line, everything moving nicely and not tipping down, those hips not moving around like this, it means there's less stress going through the knees. So that's the main concept for that. So really light movement, just activating it up, just lie back down. And then this is the more advanced here. So you're pushing all the way up into the elbow. You can hold it for 15 seconds and then come back down. Let me just show you that again. Uh, so nice and easy. <coughs> Coming up. And then back down. Super easy. Hold 15 seconds. That's a little bit less than 15 seconds, but it's okay. And then coming all the way up. So nice hold. You see that long straight spine there? I'll just do that again. Nice straight long spine through here, all the way from shoulder all the way down to the lower ankle. Okay. So really nice and easy. So these are a little bit, they are tough. I'm not gonna lie to you, they are tough exercises to do. So if you're finding those are too hard, just um just give me a shout. I can always modify for you. Don't ask to jump on now, but just um when I send the email out later, just reply to it and say, There's no way I'm gonna be able to do those. Um how can I do them differently? There's always a way to modify, so just let me know. Uh, let me show you this one as well. This is Dr. Antonio here. Uh, so this is a really nice one if you have any bands at home. Uh, so sideline, um, crab, I think, I think it's called a crab. Called so many different things. Abduction, crab. And you essentially wrap the band around the, the outer knees. And again, it's going to provide stability to it. So there's a muscle in here called the glute. So the glute is the bum muscle. There is separate portions of that, um, again, which will provide a lot more strength and stability to the, to the outside of the knee, prevent it from flaring outwards. So you literally just have that band in there, and it's just a, an opening there, an activating of the legs going around the side. Super nice and easy. Again, five to 10 reps should be enough. Repeat three times. I'll put all the rep counters in there as well on the email afterwards, just so you guys remember. Super easy. This is a nice one. Helps with hip issues, low back issues as well. Nice. Thank you, Antonio. Didn't even know I was filming him, poor guy. Okay, so... There we go. So core stability. Hopefully everyone understands why we strengthen the core for the knee issues. Like I said, when we first started, the, the first issue is to highlight the root cause of the issue. So is it coming from elsewhere in the body or is it an isolated knee issue? Um, is, um, is it coming from two areas and how do we get best bang for the buck for the exercises we're doing? Do we need to strengthen the outside portion of the leg or is it a question of just, uh, sorry, uh, loosen the outside portion of the leg or is it a question of just loosening um loosening it off and strengthening the inside what is going to be the best two or three exercises that we can do because let's be realistic like i said 85 percent of people will drop off after the first three weeks of doing any exercise plan and that's just not rehab exercises that's that's loads of things that's gym that's many things it takes 28 days to build a habit it takes often 28 days to cause a physiological physiological change in the body so when the body starts to actually change and adapt so really important if you start doing some of these exercises to trial them over a long period of time I think we all have a bit of time at the moment, so uh, maybe a good time to start some of these. I'll pop them all in an email. The one I haven't put in there is how to strengthen the arch on the foot. This is done uh, with a towel on the floor. I'll talk you through it, but I'll, I'll try and find a video for you as well. It's done with a towel on the floor. 
So done when sitting. This is a really nice one to do in the evening just when you're relaxing. You put the towel underneath your foot and essentially try and scrunch the towel up without using your toes. So you'll feel the inside arch of your foot going into the heel become very tight. There's a really good way to build some strength in the arch of the foot and that will help just prop up that knee on the inside there as well. I'll, I'll write a little bit more about that as well. Okay. Uh, let me open this up for questions. Don't all rush at once. <coughs> all right, far away. Um, oh yeah i've got a um i've got an exercise ring i'll just go and bring it hang on yeah any bigger question while should we wait for shereen jeremy when you send us the video over the videos over mm -hmm. you said you'll put the repetitions in and are we talking about just one session a day yeah yeah within the you want to pick um, two or three of the exercises, do them once a day, three sets on each, yep. between six to nine sets on the knee. You've got to paint both sides, obviously do them on both. You've got to paint so I don't know whether can, on you can side. see clearly. Oh yeah, it's, perfect. Uh, it, it's an exercise ring. So this is great for putting between your legs, uh, and then you press in with your thighs for strengthening your inner thighs. And that's what I used when I had knee pain. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, I don't know what you think about that. You, have you got these in your? Yeah, we got a few of those. They, those are really good. So again, that just, that works on the same concept of we're trying to strengthen that inside muscle. Yeah, strengthening your inner thigh. And that saves you um, kind of lying on your side. And um, trying to raise your leg, especially if you've got a hip problem or anything, you can lie on your back and you can just press inwards with your inner thigh very, very gently. So that's that's what I have. Perfect. Thank you, Shireen. That's really useful. And um, yeah, you can pick those up pretty easy on um, Amazon as well. They're called Pilates rings, I think. Yeah. Um, you can grab on Amazon to, like ten quid again. So those are really good. Uh, when, when you get the foam roller, that's, that's a nice thing to have as well. And also very good for your core muscles um, uh, and pelvic floor muscles. So it does quite a big job all in one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like one of those, uh, those like uh, ab cruncher things they used to sell on the telly, telly sales in the 90s, you know. It does everything for you. Yeah. <laughs> you do your triceps, your biceps. Yeah, it does everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good though. It is, it's good. It's, it's relatively inexpensive. You can't tell I was using this while watching you. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other questions, guys? Before we before we head off, I don't want to keep you too long. No. Uh... Jeremy, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Who's that? Oh, you can, but you can't see me. So it's 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 Tony Dawson. Hey, Tony. How you doing? Oh, you're, you're falling. I thought that was a deep voice. That's my known reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I found it, found it very interesting. And uh, obviously, I think some of those exercises will be good for me. Yeah. Yeah, my knee and hips. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's really important not to just isolate the knee because usually it's, it comes as a, a secondary issue. Um, there's often a phrase by knee surgeons saying that knee pain rarely occurs in isolation unless you've had a specific trauma to that area. So for example, like a, like a footballer twisting his knee or you know, someone coming off a, like a skiing accident and obviously you're going to have some damage to usually the cruciate ligaments or the collateral ligaments um, is where it happens. Over time, if, it's, if, if someone says, oh, you know what, I just cannot think of when this knee pain started. It just came out of the blue, woke up one morning or gradually it just, it just came on over a period of time. It's usually from a, from, from a, like a, a force transference issue. So where there's something not quite working properly with the hip and the back or through the ankle is usually where the knee pain starts to come on over a period of time. So if you just isolate that knee and focus purely on that knee, yeah, it might feel better for a few weeks or even months. But if you go back to doing your original activities, it's, it's always going to come back. So really important to look a little bit further outside the box um, and isolate the knee. Also, interestingly, there's some really good stuff coming out a few years ago about the knee and the gallbladder. So um, if you've had any gallbladder issues in the past, or you're finding that you're having gallbladder issues now and suffering knee pain, um, it might be something to have a look at as well. In the gym, I often see people um, doing the, the knee extension uh, machine, which is, if, so if you're a member of a gym and you're, um, you've got access to the knee extension, uh, then do very, very light, light knee extension uh, exercises. If you want to demonstrate that, um, Jeremy, what a knee extension is. It's a good one, and always and always a single leg, right? You don't want to do double leg. Yeah, you're doing exactly. the same same for any gym machine, really. Uh, you know, if you if you're doing a double leg, often if one is stronger than the other, that other one is going to mask the weakness of the the weak one. Okay. Sure. So what I mean by that, if we had like a, a bar and I was pushing that overhead and I had a very weak right arm, uh, my left arm would do seventy percent seventy percent of the work. This one would do thirty percent of the work. My right one's never going to get stronger. So really important to isolate unilateral, uh, single, single movements. Okay. So same thing goes for, for most joints or most stabilization exercises. We're trying to just do them on one side to strengthen that up. All right. Anybody else? Well, time for one more. Can you, can you hear me, Jeremy? Yes, of course I can. How are we doing? Okay. Um, I wear silicon. Um, implants for my feet for my arches mm -hmm. um, but obviously the exercise would and that works wonderful because I walk so much better when mm -hmm. I wear them um, yep. so I wonder if I could have the exercises for the arches of yeah, your of feet I'll put them in the, um, if they're stronger it'd be better than having to have implants in yep. rather <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely same thing as uh same concept with the knee brace right so for orthotics they're they're fantastic they do a great job they can change everything in the whole body and the posture and the movement and the way we actually the way we are um but they're going to switch off other things so often when you have an orthotic that you're using for a long period of time that's why you have to keep using it for a long period of time because the mm. will distort around that and compensations will take place so super important not to become so I would suggest that maybe kind of running, if you're, if, you're, if you're trying to run long distances with, or walk long distances with, with gel insoles in, that you should try and do maybe 20% of the first bit with them to get going and then take them out, put them back in, take them out, put them back in and gradually reduce the amount of time. Obviously, if they've been prescribed by like a, a podiatrist and a professional, 
always take that advice over anything that, that I'm going to say. That's just my opinion and, and the experience that I've had with him and some clients, but um, just something to think about that it's really important to get as strong as possible, as naturally as possible before we start going to kind of artificial insults and orthotics. But hey, if, they're, if they're helping you walk, that's great. Well, it's quite interesting because without them, if I bend down, my knees go together, but as soon as I wear the implants, my legs are straight. I mean, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's so obviously the difference I'm making. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I was told to only wear them for a short time first. Mm. Oh. Yeah, so you do that, that typical kind of legs coming in like this, uh, roll, is rolling in. It's the most typical pattern we see with, with most new generation. Yeah. It's so obvious uh, something was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Guys, thank you so much for, for joining me. I really, really appreciate you taking some time out of your, your day to, to come on. Um, we're doing a thank few, you very much. Thank yeah, you. Doing a few more of these going forwards. This is recorded as well. I'll send you a recording. I'll send all those exercises out with the, with the repetition numbers. Please email me back. Any questions? Knee pain is a very broad topic to try and fit into a 45-minute session. So I've kind of skirted around some of the things that are going to be individual for you. Just drop me an email and say, hey, that, um, that that didn't make sense or that wasn't applicable to me. How can I make it applicable to me? Let me know. Okay. Okay. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank Look you, after Jeff. yourself. Thank you so much for listening. If you know anybody that is struggling with knee pain, then please share this podcast with them. You can send them the link below or you can send them to our YouTube channel where you can see a video version of all of the slides as well as some of the exercises that we're going through here as well. You can find them on our YouTube channel or just type in knee pain webinar west chiropractic but i'll put the link in the show notes below have a great weekend and look forward to speaking to you guys next time thanks